Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at VortexOptics.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. Springtime is every birder's favorite time of year. Join Ocean State Bird Club for new online talks and weekly virtual hangouts. And enjoy our quarterly newsletter with stories and photos about birds and birding. OceanStateBirdClub.org and on Facebook, Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 827. We started off last week's show talking not about birds, but about insects. And we're starting this week's show talking not about birds, but about insects. Then again, insects are so important to many bird species that the decline of insect populations is having a devastating impact on bird populations, especially among aerial insectivores like swallows and swifts and night jars, among others. And now we're hearing about another reason for insect decline. It's light pollution. Kind of timely since this is International Dark Sky Week, presented by the International Dark Sky Association. Find out more about them at darksky.org. So there are two new studies looking at the unintended effects on insects of artificial light at night. One describes how a biblical plague of grasshoppers in 2019 was drawn to the bright city lights of Las Vegas. And the other suggests that human-made lighting at night could affect the love lives of fireflies and maybe even hinder their ability to mate and survive as a species. The studies were conducted by Tufts University in the Boston area and the University of Oklahoma. And we're planning to have a guest on the show soon to tell us more about this threat to insects and to the birds that feed on them. And now, direct from a beautiful and birdie island down on the Gulf Coast, it's our Freya McGregor with an audio postcard for us. Hey everyone, it's Freya McGregor here. I'm at Dauphin Island, which is on the Gulf Coast of Alabama, and it's spring migration. And this is one of those spots where a lot of the migrants have flown all the way across the Gulf of Mexico in one go. It's like 500 miles and they find land and they just fall out of the sky and they're exhausted and this is this is one of those places there's a few different spots on dolphin island we're at shell mounds park and hopefully you can hear the wide-eyed vireos calling there's lots of them around lots of hooded warblers we've seen some worm-eating warblers a blue-headed vireo um, oh who was that wood thrush coming through um, all kinds of stuff. It's it's a beautiful morning and it's so exciting to see all these amazing birds who've just flown so far. Alright, I'm going to go see what else I can find. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, Freya, for that spring rapture. And now... <laughs> it's our mystery bird. This is a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along in just a little bit. Our mystery bird contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. 
Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. Our mystery bird is a small raptor found mostly on the Pacific coast from southern Alaska to Central America and in the Rocky Mountains. Our bird has upper parts that can range from plain brown to white spotted gray brown to just plain gray. Underparts are white with thick brown stripes. It has yellow eyes with distinct white eyebrows on its brown or gray head. And although it doesn't really need to have eyes um, in the back of its head, it looks as though it does with white bordered black spots there. They kind of look like an extra pair of eyes. Our bird feeds mostly by day on small mammals and other birds. And that's a preview of our mystery bird contest, prizes for which include the Droll Yankees original iconic A6F classic tube feeder featuring durable metal parts. The Droll Yankees says squirrels can't chew. And they don't just say that, but they include a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage with this feeder. A bonus prize, our favorite coffee. It's a 12-ounce bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. That's all coming up on our Mystery Bird Contest just a little bit later on uh, in the show. And now a little blog music, please. That is definitely blog music there, and it's by way of reminding us that Debbie's blog is, is up there now on our, our website. It's a new edition by our own Debbie Bleacher. The headline is Birds with Super Long Beaks. And Debbie explains why some birds have them and why it's not a good thing. That's on Debbie's blog, easily found right now under the Read tab at the top of the page there at TalkingBirds.com. Here's our salute to some very special people, Talking Birds listeners, who have joined our Ambassadors family, helping us to spread the word about birds and conservation. Thank you to William P. from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. He says, I've been wor- uh, birding for a while now and have taken classes with Cornell Labs Bird Academy. I also submit to eBird every day. I have always loved birds but didn't actually start birding until late 2020. Well, William, sounds like you've jumped in with both feet now. That's a beautiful thing, and thank you for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. And thank you to Tracy C. from Plymouth, Massachusetts. Tracy says, I was a beach ambassador for the town of Plymouth and loved it. I would love to be part of your ambassador team. And you are. Thank you so much, Tracy. Well, Talking Birds listeners, as we say here in Massachusetts, it's wicked easy to become a Talking Birds ambassador and just as easy to do it. All you have to do is go to TalkingBirds.com and uh, click on the Get Involved button at the top of the home page and the rest will be revealed. And you'll become one of our Talking Birds ambassadors, now more than 600 strong, we're thrilled to say. Still to come on our show today, we'll talk with the lady in charge of the biggest week in American birding, Kim Kaufman, who will let us know about some of the highlights of this year's event online this year. Plus, we'll get our weekly words of wisdom from the Birdwatchers General Store's Mike O'Connor in an almost live from the archive edition of Let's Ask Mike. And up next, Bob Dylan will growl a little intro for today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend segment. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. 
Dylan stayed too long in the Magnolia State, and maybe today's featured feathered friend, the Mississippi kite, did too. Over the past few decades, many Mississippi kites have chosen to make their home away from the Gulf states, with the greatest populations now found in the southern Great Plains. The Mississippi kite is a small, slender, long-tailed raptor with a delicate but strongly hooked bill. Its feathers are a mix of gray and black, with pale grayish-white coloring on the head and the secondaries of the wings. The wingtips and square-tipped tail are black. Juveniles have streaked brownish chests and underwings and banded tails. This graceful flyer swoops and dives to feed on medium and large flying insects, although its diet can also include things like frogs, lizards, turtles, snakes, and bats. Mississippi kites are known to build nests next to those of wasps, likely for help in protecting chicks against predators. And they also get along with songbirds, like blue jays and mockingbirds, for example, which sometimes build their nests near or even on the nests of the kites. Maybe that could explain why the Mississippi kite's call kind of sounds like a songbird. It's Ictinia mississippiensis, the Mississippi kite, today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show, number 827. That website is still the same, and there's still no G in there. We hope you'll pay a visit to TalkingBirds.com. Well, Kim Kaufman is one of the founders of a justly famous annual event called The Biggest Week in American Birding. And she's the executive director of the Black Swamp Bird Observatory in Oak Harbor, Ohio, which organizes the biggest week. And she joins us via the magic of Zoom right now. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Ray. I'm so happy to be with you this morning. Well, we are thrilled to have you. And not surprisingly, Kim, the biggest week is virtual this year, uh, but nonetheless chock full of great stuff, including a spectacular array of speakers and presenters and panelists. I wonder if you'd give us a little overview and maybe some highlights of this year's biggest week. That's right. Thank you so much, Ray. Um, so, yes, the biggest week is virtual this year. Uh, we really just felt that our number one priority is keeping people safe. So um, we've reduced the festival to five days. It's May 6th through the 10th. And as you said, it is a very packed schedule of amazing workshops and keynotes. And there are workshops for birders of all skill levels. If you're just getting started in birding, or even if you are, you haven't even picked up a binocular yet, um, there, are, there are entry-level workshops to make everybody feel comfortable and, and learn more about watching and identifying birds. Yeah, and of course you wanted this to be another in-person event, but the pandemic intervened. And yet, uh, Kim, there are really some positive sides to this uh, turn of events, aren't there? Most especially maybe the fact that folks who might not have been able to get there physically can enjoy the week from wherever they are. Exactly. And we, when we first announced um, that it would be virtual, we were, were 
very pleasantly surprised at the positive feedback from so many people all over the world that mm -hmm. said, you know, we've never been able to participate in Biggest Week, but now that it's mm -hmm. virtual, it'll be the first time we're able to be part of this event. And this is a big step up from last year because, <laughs> because you weren't <laughs> able to do it at all. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a, a big undertaking. We've got 60 presentations in five days. Mm. Um, and I, in order to make this as accessible to everyone as possible, we know it's been a tough year. The entire event, all of those presentations are free to Bird Observatory wow. members and just $35 for non-members. And for that, that gets you every one of these presentations. Mm. They'll be recorded so that people have until the end of May to um, to take advantage of these amazing workshops and keynotes. Yeah, fantastic. Well, there's a theme for the biggest week each year. Kim, tell us about this year's theme, if you would. Yeah, thank you. This year's theme is Birding is for Everyone, Breaking Down the Barriers to Birding. And we have a panel discussion on Saturday night in the prime keynote uh, time slot um, to talk about some of the barriers for um, black birders, Asian birders, um, Latinx birders. Um, we have a presentation talking about what it's like to be transgender, a non-binary birder, birder. And we really see the birding community as a subculture of America. Mm -hmm. And if we can change the way the birding community um, interacts, um, we feel like that's a great model for other communities. So Birding is for everyone, breaking down the barriers to birding, and we've got a lot of presentations um, that are geared towards addressing that. Mm -hmm. Well, this gives us a chance to give a little plug to our Freya McGregor, who's going to be part of the event uh, this year. Yeah, um, we are so pleased to include BirdAbility and their mission with a, with a presentation during the biggest week, and we will be continuing to incorporate all of the fantastic information that BirdAbility provides to make birding more accessible for people with disabilities and create safe places um, everywhere for people to go birding. Um, and when we return to in-person, we will continue our commitment to do that. Uh, one of the ways that we're doing that this year is that all of the presentations will have closed captioning available. And that's it's a bit of a chore to do that, but it's absolutely worth it. Mm -hmm. Our Freya is... Uh coordinator for bird ability and you're on the you're on the board of directors there kim i believe i am very mm -hmm. proud to say that i'm one of the first um members of their board and i, I see that as an organization that's mission will continue to grow we're very excited mm -hmm. well your location in northwest ohio is known as the warbler capital of the world and the black swamp bird observatory is right at the entrance to mcgee marsh home of the famous and warbler rich mcgee marsh Boardwalk. Tell us a bit about that place, if you would, Kim, for those who aren't familiar with it. And I think you have some breaking news for us, too. That's right. Well, if you haven't heard of the McGee Marsh Wildlife Area and the famous boardwalk, it's really become an iconic birding destination. And, and for good reason, um, it lives up to that, to that label. Um, it's one of the best places to experience spring songbird migration in the entire Western Hemisphere. And this boardwalk at McGee Marsh, it's part of the Ohio Division of Wildlife's, uh, Wildlife Areas. Um, it's open and accessible to the public. It's free. There's no entry fee. The boardwalk has been closed because of the pandemic. It's about a mile-long boardwalk. It's, it's People get in very close proximity. Anytime there's a good bird, I call them bird snuggles. <laughs> so 
Um, the breaking news is that after announcing that the boardwalk would be closed, um, in cooperation with our wonderful Toledo Zoo, the Division of Wildlife has announced that the McGee Barsh Boardwalk will be open to a limited number of, um, of birders. Mm-hmm. And you'll apply for a permit at the Toledo Zoo's website at toledozoo.org. Um, that will happen on April 17th at 10 a.m. They'll open the floodgates and you'll be able to access um, the, the Toledo Zoo website and sign up for a limited number of permits to go on those bodacious birding boards, as I call them. <laughs> I like that. I like that phrase. <laughs> so the biggest week in American birding will begin on May 6th, continue through May 10th. Here's the website, biggestweekinamericanbirding.com. Let me try to say that a little better. Biggest week in American Birding. Dot com, or you can do it by the initials there, B-Y-I-A-B. Uh, or probably the best way is just do a little online search for biggest week in American birding. Don't pay attention to the way I'm trying to describe it. <laughs> uh, just do it that way. <laughs> Easily found. Kim Kaufman is one of the founders of the Biggest Week in American Birding and executive director of the Black Swamp Bird Observatory, which is also most definitely worth looking up. Kim, thanks for being on the show with us and good luck with the biggest week. Thank you so much, Ray. What a pleasure to be with you this morning. Our pleasure indeed. Thank you, Kim. Coming up next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. It's our mystery bird contest, and you're invited to take part. As long as you haven't been a winner here in the past six months, here is the all-important phone number. And don't forget, you don't necessarily have to get the right answer. If nobody else does, a drawing will determine our winner. It's 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Here's the sound of our mystery bird. It's a small raptor, found mostly on the Pacific coast from southern Alaska to Central America and in the Rocky Mountains. Our bird has upper parts that can range from plain brown to white spotted gray brown to just plain gray. Underparts are white with thick brown stripes. It has yellow eyes with distinct white eyebrows on its brown or gray head. And although it doesn't really need to have eyes in the back of its head, it looks as though it does with white bordered black spots that looks sort of like an extra pair of eyes. Our bird feeds mostly by day on small mammals and other birds. That's our mystery bird. If you're uh, not hearing our show live, by the way, you can do it at TalkingBirds.com. Our prize is Droll Yankees, original, iconic, A6F, classic tube 
feeder, the first one ever, still being imitated all over the place. Bonus prize, a 12-ounce bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. It's great for birds and for people, too, because it is delicious coffee. Those are the prizes and the clues. 781-837-4900 is the number. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, a special archived edition of Let's Ask Mike with Mike O'Connor. Let's Ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautiobooks.com my name is Michael Carroll in Cloverdale, California. I became a talking bird ambassador because I love teaching, and as a park ranger, I've led many birding tours. And once I found out about the show, I was able to uh, tell other people about it. And then once finding out about being an ambassador, I was on board immediately. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website, talkingbirds.com. Join today, and thanks. Well, do you need to cat-proof a birdhouse? You could go to catproofyourbirdhouse.com or we could check with Mike O'Connor who uh, knows the answer to this or has maybe several answers or suggestions and he is on the line with us right now from Central Park, New York. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Ray. What's cooking in Central Park this morning? What are you oh, saying? Oh, Central Park's good. I'm, I'm, maybe next week I'll talk about what I see in the next couple of mornings. I'm going to take some walks through here and mm-hmm. believe it or not, it's it's actually a good birding spot, which you wouldn't think, but it's a good migrant trap. Mm-hmm. But somebody had a question about cats, and of all the things that we can do to save birds, and really millions and millions of birds, it's control cats, keep cats inside. And I know last week you had a woman who, she thinks cats went up and pulled the, the babies, uh, I think she had Carolina chickadees, and maybe yeah. pulled the babies out of the... Um, uh, out of the nest, and the easiest thing to do to stop cats is to keep put your, your birdhouses on metal poles. Cats mm-hmm. can easily climb trees, not so easily metal poles. But the same token, um, as much as I'd like to blame cats as much as possible, there's other creatures that eat uh, nesting birds as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the bigger problem ones are, are raccoons. I know the folks at Mass Audubon had a whole field of bluebird and tree swallow nest boxes and, and and the raccoons wiped them all out. So what they did is the metal poles don't necessarily work with them. They'll stop the cats, but the raccoons climb metal poles, so they had to institute baffles, and we sold them a whole bunch of baffles. And the raccoon baffle looks like a big kind of a stove pipe. It's long. It's much bigger than a squirrel baffle, but it will shut down the, the raccoons for sure. They've all had, they've had great success now since they put these in place. But the baffles also stop the squirrels from climbing up and chipmunks which can be also can be a problem so if you're going to put up some birdhouses and you're having problems with predators put them on metal poles somewhat out in the open and and put on a raccoon baffle that'll that'll stop them and the sign that you the indication that you've got a problem is the raccoons or the cats will reach in and pull the nesting material right out so when you get to the you see the hole you see straw or grasses coming through you know had a predator reaching through all right yeah and then out Thanks for those tips, Mike, and uh, good luck in Central Park. Don't get lost. Hope you have your GPS on there. 
We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Birdwatching Magazine has a new membership program. Benefits include detailed bird ID articles from Ken Kaufman and David Sibley, tips and stories about bird photography, access to quarterly e-workshops on identifying and photographing birds, and complimentary print and digital subscriptions to Birdwatching Magazine. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com slash memberships. There it is, our mystery bird, the small raptor, found mostly on the Pacific coast from southern Alaska to Central America and in the Rocky Mountains. 781-837-4900 is the number for our mystery bird contest. And uh, Saskia is uh, right here in our broadcast hometown of Marshfield, Massachusetts, on the line there. Good morning, Saskia. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Hi, Ray. Hi. Hi. Did I do okay on pronouncing your name or way off, or where was I? I think you got it correct. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I won't try it again. What do you think our mystery bird is? I think today it's the white-tailed kite. The white-tailed kite. Well, we had the Mississippi kite as our featured bird this morning, but this is not the white-tailed kite. But thank you so much for that guest, and I hope you'll try us again. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Saskia. There, I dared try it again. Thank you for that guest, and we go to Nicole in Riverside, Rhode Island. Good morning, Nicole. Good morning. Good morning. What do you think, Nicole, on our mystery bird there? I'm going to take a guess at the northern pygmy owl. A guess at it? The northern pygmy owl? Let me consult my notes. That appears to be uh, correct there. Yes. Nice. And not a bird you're going to see in Riverside, Rhode Island all that much. No, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good job. And we have time for a feature, our um, bonus question, I think, if you'd like to give it a try. Sure. All right. The scientific species name of a recent talking birds mystery bird the oak titmouse is inornatus what does that word mean in english this is multiple choice a inornatus means one who dwells in trees b inornatus means plain or c inornatus means it may be home or not at home inornatus that's a that was a joke there i'm if you think about it for a while i'm sure it'll make sense Anyway, those are the choices. Um, which one do you think it is? Um, I'm going to say A. A would be one who dwells in trees. That is a reasonable guess to take on that there. But uh, it actually just means plain. Kind of a plain bird there. Yeah. But that was a top quality guess. But it doesn't really matter because you still win our prize and our bonus prize. So Awesome. Uh, Thank you, you so go. much. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. Nicole there in uh, Riverside, Rhode Island, with a uh, correct answer there, identifying our mystery bird. And the mystery bird was uh, the northern pygmy owl. We are almost out of time for today. I'd like to give a plug here for our Talking Birds flock. It's a great place to um, connect with other Talking Birds listeners and share photos and videos and stories and observations Pretty much anything you'd like about birds, conservation, and so on. It's a Talking Birds flock. This is a Facebook thing, so if you're a Facebooker, it's perfect for you, or maybe you want to join up. But if you just go to facebook.com and uh, then look for Talking Birds flock, 
you can uh, join our flock. We have a couple of hundred members in there right now, and they all have some pretty interesting stuff to talk about and show. That's the Talking Birds flock at Facebook.com. Next week, we'll welcome a friend of the show for a return appearance to tell us about his newly released creation, Find the Birds, a mobile game designed to entice other young folks to appreciate birds and nature. His name is Adam Dalla, and he will be our guest right here on Talking Birds next week. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Frey McGregor, Audrey Stack, our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins, too, and I'm Ray Brown, and we'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at VortexOptics.com. And UDO Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. UDOBooks.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. Springtime is every birder's favorite time of year. Join Ocean State Bird Club for new online talks and weekly virtual hangouts. And enjoy our quarterly newsletter with stories and photos about birds and birding. OceanStateBirdClub.org and on Facebook. Ocean State Bird Club.